0: Save up to 25% off your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.
1: All hit radio. Welcome to the
0: X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the x everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Simul Radio and Simul TV. If you would like to give me a call, usually we accept calls at 1-800-610-7035. But for this month, the month of October, we're not re- taking any calls, because I am going to be doing one-on-one interviews with our guests and we've had guests from Canada, the United States, Australia, the United Kingdom talking about the paranormal, ghosts, goblins, things that go bump in the night because October is Halloween month here in the Exxon. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at on all social media sites, Radio TV. And uh, like I said, you can check out the broadcast schedule for the Exxon, uh, the Exxon Radio TV show at xzbn.net. And for the exone Radio TV show itself, www.exoneradiotv.com My guest this hour is in the state of New Jersey. His name is Barry Ragerio. And uh, Barry and his brother, I believe, first, uh, first started the paranormal group called Ragerio New Jersey Paranormal. And after two years, they changed it to New Jersey Paranormal. Joining me now is Barry R- Ruggiero. And uh, Barry, welcome to the Exxon. Thanks very much for joining us, and happy Halloween. Thank
2: you. Happy Halloween to you, too. And and now I'm actually with New Jersey Paranormal Investigations, which is just my group uh, ah. with a couple of other people.
0: So, Barry, what was it that brought you into the world of the paranormal? Why did you decide well, to 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 go out there, dedicate as much time as you can, trying to solve mm-hmm. the unsolved mysteries that are out there in the paranormal?
2: Well, well, part of it is the, just what you said, trying to solve the unsolved mysteries.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, for me, my, my first encounter, or first story I ever heard about the paranormal was from my mother. And my mother, you know, we were an Italian-American family in New Jersey, typical what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was very much a concrete, you know, it, it has to make, it has. you have to feel it you know, time and distance type of person. Yeah. There was no nonsense. Um, and she would tell me the story that when her mother passed away, which was my grandmother
1: mm-hmm.
2: about when she was in an orphanage and my family had, it has a history of uh, brain tumors. It's a carcinoma that they just, they carry it in a gene. I never had it, thank God, but yeah. my brother does. Um, so my grandmother had it, her mother and you know, back in the 40s, uh, brain surgery was much different than it is now. You literally went on a table and it was a 50-50 chance that you were going to live or die. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my grandfather at that time, the, my grandmother was six. My grandfather put everybody in the orphanage. Um, unfortunately, my grandmother passed away on, 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 when she was under uh, having the operation when mm-hmm. she was under. My aunt and my uncle, who were older, Found out more about it. My mother's story was is that she was laying in bed, and all of a sudden, a nun in white came up to her and pointed to a pitcher of water that was off to the side. So my mother automatically got out of the bed. She was like four or five years old, and um, just went over, got the glass of water, and on mm-hmm. her way back, either slipped or the glass fell out of her hand because it was dark, and the woman just looked at her. Um, The nuns heard the blast. They came out. Lights went on. The kids slept in basically a dormitory setting, and the nuns didn't see anything. They said, you know, what were you—what happened? And they just contributed to sleepwalking, and they, you know, get back in bed. Everybody go back to sleep. My mother was then with my aunt and my my uncle because they were all in the same orphanage. Uh, And, like, a couple of weeks later, she was describing what happened to her, and she described the woman that she was all in white, with a white veil, and if anybody knows anything about nuns, they wear black when I was younger. They used to wear black with a black veil, with a mm-hmm. little white. And at night, I doubt if a nun would be in a nun's outfit. I, I'd imagine her hair would be back maybe in an, an old nightgown. So my mother described the woman as she had a veil, a white long dress on, with a white veil, and and told them description of what she thought she saw, and my, my uncle and my aunt, her brother and sister, said that's what mama looked like after the surgery, to cover up the scar on her head
1: oh, for when sake. she
2: died. They put her in white, and they put the white veil to high where the brain surgery was. They didn't take her to the funeral or anything because they felt she was too young. And she stayed there, but the older ones did go. So she would tell me that story. Then my aunt would tell me the same story from her viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with that. So it was, So that was probably my first, like, you know, I believe my mother, there's got, I think there's something beyond this. Yeah. You know, Why would, my mother wouldn't lie to me. And i got to be honest, for years I didn't look into it. And then I think it was on the Discovery Channel. Dave Giuliano was on talking about ghost hunting. And I was reading a bit, little bit of Lord Arabach and UCLA and the mm-hmm. Ryan Institute and how they were doing things. And Lord Arabach was the first one that really started to use uh, tri-field meters and other things. Um, and Dave Giuliano carried that on, but he also was a demonologist. And the good thing was he was in New Jersey. Um, so at that time, I just reading, uh, I figured, let me approach him. And I talked to my brother and he worked for Johnson and Johnson at that time. And he would travel like, through a tri-state area. So he said, you know, I go out to Gettysburg. You got to come out there. There's these white balls. You might smell gunpowder. And I'm telling you, I've heard voices. So uh, it's, all right, let's go out there. Um, And I actually had, that was where I had my first paranormal experience. I was literally on the field, and I don't know if you've already been to Gettysburg. Yes, I have, yeah. Okay, so you know how they have the monuments of what regiment was where Mm -hmm. and all that, and so you could visualize on the field. Well, I was at one monument, and to the left of me was a horse trail going down. So we parked our car, and we were all up there. My brother, my niece and I, and her boyfriend at that time were all up there. My brother goes, I'm going to walk off this way. And I said, I want right, to go down this trail. And it was a wide enough trail. And I'm walking down, and uh, my niece and her boyfriend were just at the monument with the flashlight. And I go down the trail, and I distinctly hear in my left ear a faint – it sounded far away but close at the same time. Something went, hey, just whispered, hey. And I froze. I didn't expect <laughs> it. Nothing. And I, at that time, I bought it cheap gauss meter that you maybe saw on the hornet collector and it does no bells and whistles just has a needle that goes up if the emf goes up so i'm holding this thing and the emf starts going up so i just stood there and i say to john because come down here come look something happened i'm i'm in more of a panic than anything else and i'm frozen they come down and i tell them what i just told you Mm -hmm. and my niece goes "Give, give me the gauge Give me the gauge. So she takes the gauge. And, you know, we're both standing, and she goes, is there anybody here? And the thing goes off again. So then she goes, okay, could you get away from me now? It stops. She goes, could you do it again? And it did it again real quick. And then we heard a knock on the, a, a tree branch or a trunk. Now, you could say that was, was the woods, but for us it was enough to leave and go back up to the car and just wait for my brother. So that started me. Then I started reading. I contacted Dave Giuliano. And, of course, he was like, you're a newbie. I'm not teaching you anything. Oh. And this Ghost Hunters just came out, I think, the, like right about that time or about six months after. And he's like, look, you've got to be dedicated to this stuff. So I continued reading, and I went to a few of his classes. And then finally he said, okay, I'll, I'll tell you. And he had, of course, some literature. I read his literature, David Browntree, and then um, I started looking into it. And my brother said, gee, we, you know, to do something together, we ought to do this. And, you know, we should look into it. And Dave was guiding me like more of a paranormal researcher. And also, because he was a demonologist, he was telling me, these are things you shouldn't do. If you see this ever, contact me. You know, and so we started, Ruggiero uh, Ruggiero Paranormal, and the funny thing was it was just my brother and I and my niece, and we couldn't figure out why we, we, we couldn't get any members, and we realized it's because the family name was in front of it. So we dropped our ego and dropped the, the, the last name and became New Jersey Paranormal, and that continued on for about eight eight years, and through that time, we had private cases and we did some public events. Mm-hmm. And um, him and I had a little bit of a falling out. And then I I did solo investigations for one year. I said, you know, I was with a group. I've experienced things with teams, but I've never made myself vulnerable. Like the homeowner that calls me is, you know, they don't have four people with a black shirt on and all kinds of gadgets. They sit there and they say, I heard something. I felt something out of the corner of my eye. I thought I saw somebody walk by. So different for me, for one year, I just went out on private investigations, felt comfortable in my knowledge of what to do, you know, and I went out and tried to experience that isolation, that person being alone, sitting in your bedroom and having experiences. And and the thing that's odd about this, you know, paranormal, I I don't look for goat, Bigfoot. I don't, you know, I believe in all that stuff, but that's not my forte. I focused on one area and one area only. Um, I've experienced so many things over the years that although I try to apply physics and logic to it, at the end of the day, most of my wildest experiences were personal and have akin to no logical answer other than it had to be something paranormal, I, you know. Sure.
0: You, you mentioned that you had one forte, and what is your forte?
2: I, I believe that, I, I believe basically, what, and you'll hear it more now than you ever have, in the Einstein's theory that everything is nature,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, that everything is energy, and everything, you know, if you break it down to the atom, then, then it's molecules and you come up with neutrons, electrons and protons. Yeah. So that if a, that when we lose our organic generator, our body, that our subconscious or our spirit, is some type of energy, either on a lower frequency or a frequency we haven't discovered yet, and and so what I do is apply physics, mm-hmm. using Einstein's theory, and in space time that you know the the, the, current, the present doesn't really exist; it's, it's fake. There really is no beginning or end. If you could travel at the speed of time, a speed of light, you wouldn't have that. You'd be able to look at different points in your life. So I do believe that. All energy is a form of light. So we're, we're our subconscious, why we love somebody, whether you want to call it a soul mm-hmm. or anything like that, is a form of intelligent energy. And once it's no longer in the physical body, if, if a haunting or something comes, it just means like all matter is a series of vibrations of energy. The denser the matter, the heavier the vibration, the lighter it is. It's more like a microwave thing. So I think we're on this high frequency. And as we slow this frequency down, one, you would disturb the natural EMF field around you. So K2 meters, REM pods uh, would go off. Um, so that would be one way for me to calculate to see, can I measure a haunting? Is really what, like ghost tongues and all of them, if you really believe the equipment, the equipment doesn't find a dose for you. What you're trying to do is validate a haunting and saying, I have some proof here that I could dispute with a physics a professor at a university and say, okay, the, the fuses were off, no cell phones were on, mm-hmm. none of this, and at this time of night in this area, I get this type of an EMS. All right, stand
0: by. You and I have to take our first break. Exo Nation, our guest this hour is... Barry Regurio and uh, he is with uh, the New Jersey Paranormal Investigations we'll talk more to this very interesting gentleman and his theories when we return from this commercial break after all this is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, it's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality and we come to you Monday through Friday from 10pm Eastern until 2am Eastern right here from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada don't go away Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're talking to Barry, who is the founder of New Jersey Paranormal Investigations. And if you'd like to find out more about them, visit their website, www.newjerseyparanormalinvestigations.com. All right, Barry, let's say somebody gives you a call and they say, Barry, I think think there's something weird, strange, bizarre going on in my house. I heard about you on The Exxon. I live in New Jersey. Can you help me? What do you and your team do from the moment you get that call?
2: All right. So the first thing we usually do is just to ease everybody into it and describe who we are. We're Mm -hmm. not, you know, we're not demonologists. Um, We're not going to come in all the nifty black shirts like you see on TV. (laughs) Um, We are researchers. Uh, We're normal, everyday people that have, you know, have daytime jobs, Mm -hmm. just like them. In other words, I am you, but I do this. I research this. Then we do, if we can, if, once they give us what they've experienced, depending on the range, but usually in every case now, we ask them, have they ever had any psychological problems? Did their family ever have psychiatric problems? Um, we ask, tell them, we're going to ask you some personal stuff. We ask, if we were to come there, can we look in your medicine cabinet? And we will do that, actually, if they grant us to come in. And we'll do a face-to-face interview if it gets to that point. But the initial one is, Mm -hmm. really, there's a lot of people, believe it or not, that just want to live in a haunted house just for the attention. And then there are people that watch these TV shows and they think they have a demon. And, you know, it's wrong if I say to somebody who has mental issues, whether it be, you know, depression or anything, that if I feed into your fear and tell you it's a demon, Mm -hmm. the, the next thing happens, they go you know what? There's been five groups. No one can get rid of the demon because really what you need is professional help, not my help. So I will do that with people. I'll, I'll screen them like that, but you always have to be polite because I don't want to offend anybody. I'll ask them, uh, you know, have they had any traumatic experiences in their life,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um, that, you know, that they remember through the time and, and it still bothers them. Um, You know, what time frame did it happen? Did it happen when you moved in this house? Has it always happened? Um, You know, what do you feel? What kind of experiences? Because if someone tells me that, you know, I've had this throughout my, my childhood and now in the house, it's really bad. Well, yeah, you could be a psychic or you could have personal problems that you just need help with. So if I'm feeding you the wrong information and saying, let me come out and I'll give you some holy water and throw it on the door. and uh, You know, I'm, I'm doing you a disservice, not a service. Um, but usually when people check all that, and, and believe it or not, you know, we get some people that have emotional issues, and that's just part of, you know, everyday life for everybody, especially with COVID now. Yeah. Um, but then we get those, a person like you or somebody, you know, a guy who says, you know what? During the day, I, I, I work at a toll booth in the uh, New Jersey Parkway, and I moved into this house. And I got to tell you, at night, my coffee cup keeps moving. I keep hearing somebody walking around. So then we have to go in and we we will do is actually set up a piece of graph paper and you do a floor plan. And then after you do the floor plan, you will actually look for those hot spots. I uh, know those high EMF fields. It's that did the chicken or the egg come first. If there's a plug there. Are you sensitive to high EMF fields or is that feeding something energy? And also it helps us with we're not talking to a plug for five hours thinking we have a ghost, which is what I <laughs> teach most people, you know, because they'll, they'll get in a K2 meter. And I've had this at events and I, I, I hate to burst a bubble, but they're, the K2 flickering like, oh, my God, it's something. And I go, your friend next to you has a cell phone, not on airplane mode. And it's picking up the cell phone signal. Right. It's nothing more. And a lot of times in, in, in regular investigations, sometimes you're in, you know, my, my, my TV went off. Well, maybe your neighbor or somebody else has the same remote you do downstairs. You know, it's not always a ghost.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I look for logical explanations. But the first part is the screening process of asking you a series of questions, then with an interview, then after the interview, if we feel you really do have something going on in your house that either you can't explain or can't be explained, that's when we'll do an investigation.
0: Okay, so you, you do all your prep, you do all the baseline tests uh, for your equipment, mm-hmm. and you check out the electric, you do the, the history of the house as best you can based on municipal records, you do the search through the newspapers and so on. Right, right you're convinced and your team is convinced that something paranormal might be there because everything that you've done has, so what do you, how do you proceed then?
2: Well, so here's the big secret to all paranormal activity. Uh, You know, although on TV, it looks great for a guy to walk around with a giant cross or something like Mm -hmm. that. It, It really comes down to, again, I believe in energy and if you believe in feng shui, or any of those things. The secret, and I'm not saying, I'm not preaching to anybody to do that, but what I am saying is, we all remember when we were kids, and there were dominant kids or bullies, and there were shy kids. So if you're an introvert, and you're outside somewhere, naturally, an extrovert's going to push you a little bit further, a bully or somebody, because you're not standing your ground. And it's an energy you're giving off, and he or she's giving off that energy of, Look, even if they're afraid that they're going to be the one later on, and it's the same in a haunted house, either either somebody lived there, or somebody, a family member is next to you, or something's haunting there, but reality is, the best trick it has is you can't see it, so if I tap on a, a window, or your fear level goes so high that your world keeps getting smaller and smaller, and this... Entity takes over more and more of it, and it's basically not taking your energy, but it's dominating your life. And if it wants that place, what it's basically saying to you is, I don't want you here. This is mine, and I'm going to get you out of here, or you're going to submit and live under my rules. And I teach people that whether it be if I told you to say you're, you're a Catholic and I say, okay, use uh, four Hail Marys at night and light a cross. Uh, put a cross next to your bed what i'm really doing is empowering you that's it it's not that it's divine intervention because if you're jewish i go well you have a star of david read from the torah or if you're a muslim i'm going to tell you and it's not about the real i can't because i can't tell you well this religion's right and the other ones are wrong so Mm -hmm. believe me all the spirits and demons if you're not catholic you're really in trouble here it's about your belief mechanisms about your own power that's where Ghost Hunters softens it where they say, well, we'll teach you how to live with it. There is a truth to that. You you know, I I, I find more, first off, I find less really bad hauntings. It's, all right, how do you coexist with something that may be in this house? And obviously, if you're going to be here for the next 10 years, it's probably not going to go away. But you can make it less than what it needs to be. You know, it's like that tag on your shirt irritating you. Well, you can keep working at it and say, it's really bothering me, or you can start to ignore it a little bit. And eventually it'll smooth off. And a lot of for a lot of families, whether you're doing sage and you're telling everybody to cleanse the house, all mm-hmm. I'm doing is giving you personal tools to say, you can now be the captain of your own environment. This thing here will not be. And gradually your energy will take over this place and give it less room to manipulate in.
0: All right, so basically what is a ghost? Why do they haunt? Why don't they just take off? Um, If it's, if 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 everything is energy, if everything is energy, once the human body is dead and the energy is released, why does it want to stay? Why doesn't it want to venture? So,
2: uh, so, so what I personally believe is that if, you know, if you read Einstein about space time Mm -hmm. and that, you know, if you're looking from a viewpoint down, you could see your entire life if you were at the speed of light. I, 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 again, I didn't die and come back and say, Hey, Rob, I'm here now. Let me tell yeah. you what we do on the other side. So, it, again, it's just theories or speculations over years of investigating. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that if you or I were not here anymore, and if we were able, in whether it like our memories, but actually be able to go back to a vibration of that time. And go back there, but we're in a current physical situation because that time, it does exist, but on a different plane. But if we slow down our vibration, we would be maybe when you, if you met your wife at a place or your first baby was born and you brought her home to that certain house. So you may actually be going back to a memory, but the person living there now says it's a haunting. You know, so basically older... so
0: basically, what you're saying, it's some sort of vibrational time travel.
2: Yes, yes. I, I firmly believe, it, and I don't know if you ever saw that, what was it, that movie, Matthew McConaughey, um, Interstellar, where where it, it, they thought the library was haunted, and then he goes into the wormhole, mm-hmm. and if he's in there for more than 15 seconds, so he's like 80 years, and he gets stuck there. And again, they For movie purposes, they made it where there was these different color light panels. And that actually presented different days in his life. And he's banging on the one panel.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: you go back and you see the girl saying, Daddy, I think a ghost is here. And he's next to her. And the book falls off the shelf. Well, it turns out in the end, he was trying to warn his past self never to go on the rocket ship to save the Earth. And and so it's that type of – and that's where quantum physics and everything gets involved. And that's where it gets a little far-fetched. But I truly believe if you're if you're a spirit, and it's an energy, and energy is light, then mm-hmm. time doesn't mean really that much to you anymore. That time, what we believe is time, is an organic thing. We base it on how long it takes us to get to work, mm-hmm. how many years, and it's based on our physical existence. That's it. How do we, we know? Catch.
0: How do we know that we can actually apply the the hypothesis of quantum physics to the paranormal, since we don't know what the paranormal is?
2: Right, but 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 quantum physics is that like we think that we know the way atoms work. And but but neutrals. wait a minute, wait
0: a minute, wait a minute. Quantum physics has not been able to prove anything. It's a hypothesis. No. So right, how, can a you, hypothesis. how can you take a hypothesis? How can you take a hypothesis and apply it to some other non-known, uh, unknown entity? That you,
2: you can say. You can simply say. You know, quantum physics is sort of explaining it by the hypothesis and theories that they're applying that even though we think that the atoms and there's a structure, well, mm-hmm. guess what? You go to smaller uh, molecules or particles, whatever you want to call them, there's chaos and random to it. So what we think, you know, you sort of don't. And I believe that once you get down to that point, mm-hmm. quantum physics, one day you can apply it and it'll tell you how this parallel existence is just through math equations. And basically, that's what they all do.
0: All right. I, under, uh, I, understa- I understand the principle. But here's my right. argument. Here's my argument. Right. We don't know okay. everything yet. Tomorrow, no, something... Wait a minute, Barry. Please let me finish my thoughts. Yep. Tomorrow, something may happen that can prove Einstein wrong. Another discovery could be made by another scientist that would prove Einstein totally wrong. What happens then? Everything that we've has established or everything we believe is out the window. We have to start at ground zero again.
1: Right.
2: So and c- that would prove that the theory I was practicing was wrong. Yeah. Because I'm believing in Einstein. I mean, that's what I'm basing it on. Yeah. That everything's energy. Right. So then, yeah. Well, just like, you know, if you come out and one day they come up with a, a ghost phone and they tell you, oh, it wasn't any electrical frequencies. It wasn't mm-hmm. any static charges.
1: Yeah. It was this.
2: You know, so that's that's why I can't sit with you now and say, "Let me bring the ghost on right now to show you I'm right." You know, I I do know that with these that I've been in haunted places. Okay. And and when I use this equipment, unusual stuff happens.
0: All right, stand you know, by. We've I... got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Okay. Wow, interesting conversation, interesting theory, interesting hypothesis, Exonation. Barry Ruggio's our guest www.NewJerseyParanormalInvestigations.com This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. We're coming to you on The Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and affiliates and terrestrial radio stations all around the world. We'll be back on the other side as we continue our investigation into the world of the paranormal and science of parapsychology here in the Exxon Don't go away do it. Let me tell you Welcome back. This is The Excellent am Rob McConnell. We're talking to Barry Ruggio in New Jersey, and Barry is the founder of New Jersey Paranormal Investigations, and his website is www.newjerseyparanormalinvestigations.com. Barry, how haunted is New Jersey?
2: Well, like any any state, if you have any historical, we've had the battlefield in Monmouth, the Mm -hmm. battlefield in Princeton. So you find a lot of your older places are haunted or either have layers of energy. Um, you know, history, more history there is. It's like rings on a tree. Are, are you, is it just an echo from the past, or are these places haunted? So there, there's quite a few, but I think no more than any other state, you know, if you really look into it.
0: Where has been the most haunted place that you and your team have done an investigation?
2: Uh, publicly trying to think of which one would be the most haunted, I would say. Probably in New Jersey it would be the White Hill Mansion for a public investigation. And I had one private investigation up near the Railway area of New Jersey that was, you know, was quite haunted. And when I say quite haunted, what I mean is activity happened not quick in the sense of within ten minutes, but activity did happen and I've been at places that they say are haunted and could stay there a whole night and nothing happened, and come back and the same thing, nothing happens. You know, it's not like you see on TV where within an hour something goes on.
0: So how long does an average investigation take you and your team?
2: Actually, it's more of a case file. We'll we'll do uh, a series of investigations because, you know, like anything, if we all knew the answers to this, then Mm -hmm. we'd be able to say, you know, at 9 o'clock at night the ghosts come out. And uh, or at the midnight and three a.m. is the witching hour. So, so usually what I'll do is we'll conduct a series of. On private cases, you do have families; they're not going to leave the house, so you get them downstairs while you're upstairs in the bedrooms or something like that. And you rotate with their schedule, and you'll do a series of investigations. You'll probably end up doing four or five. Sometimes that could be spread out over three or four months because you you don't want a snapshot. What I want is a, a few. You know, have some data, some hours to be able to analyze this and say, okay, you know, sometimes I could think, oh, that's something. And then a month later and then two months later, realize, no, that was this mechanical thing or something. You know, it just goes to that analysis, that process of looking at it. So I I typically maybe when I first started, I was trying those, you know, let's do the all nighter things. Um, But now it's all it's case studies. You know, even with the historic sites we work with, some of them, most of them will do, you know, fundraisers for them. But in return, what I get out of it is our team and I go in there by ourselves and do a case history on them. And we share it with them. You know, whatever they claim that happened, some of the trustees, uh, you know, and we just say over the years, we're, we're going to build a case history. And to me, the best case would be is if I had something for five or six years and, and I could say to you, come on your show and say, wow. Over six years,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I, I cannot explain these things, and it's at a you know, 58% ratio that I can't explain it. It still would be – you know, I mean, look at the Wine Institute and, and with psychics and everything. There's a way of logically explaining a lot of things. But at least at that point, you'd say, gee, over five years and all, these, all this data to go through, and still you're getting a, you know, a high uh, – not more than a halfway point percentage of things are going on there.
0: So with all the work that you've done, are we any closer to understanding the paranormal in in a manner that that we can prove it to the public and prove it to the skeptics?
2: You know what? I've gone down the road now to where I personally believe because hauntings or haunted houses or whatever way you want to explain Mm -hmm. it are more of a personal thing that people experience. And just like we were talking before about quantum physics and all that, yeah. at the end of the day, I look at all this equipment and I tell you I believe in Einstein's theory and all that. And it, it, I'm, I'm just trying to find a way to quantify and measure right. these things. But at the end of the day, I know when I've sat in a place and something strange has happened or I've heard a voice and there is no way to explain it. So I, I try to find a reason and I'm using you know physics and mm-hmm. I'm looking at other physics and saying, you know, how can I measure this stuff? But I think actually we're further away from the truth now because of all the TV shows and, you know, they become more like circus acts, to be honest with you. A lot of them, you know, they bring in equipment that was never meant for investigating. And it's, you know, more about like, can I get that gotcha moment? And, you know, there's I think there's in teams and people out there, there are researchers and then there are people that just want to be on YouTube, you know, and there's nothing wrong with either one as long as you don't hurt anybody. You know, but if you're going to take on personal cases or private families, mm-hmm. you should know what you're doing because you can hurt somebody.
0: You were mentioning before that you do private cases. Now, what's the difference between a private case and a case that you openly do?
2: All right. So a public case would be like, you know, they could either do fundraisers where people could come ghost hunting with us for a night or we would make it publicly known at that place. Here's our evidence. Mm-hmm. Here's what we found. Look at it for yourself. And see what you think. And any time we go in there, we would post more of it. Uh, private cases—you'll never know the family's name. They'll we will never divulge anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking for the end to come to some type of resolution for a private case. Uh, you know, like we talked about before. But and it's—I I hate to say it—to it, me, it's—it's it's, the big difference is—is you got the weight of someone's called you because they're afraid or they think something strange is going on. And that's a responsibility. That, that, that should feel heavy on someone's shoulders. That, you know, if I say to you, yes, your house is haunted, and like you said about, you know, it's still a, such a gray area with the paranormal that there's no way I could say, look, my, my theory is the theory.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I, I have, so I have a weight to carry that. Whatever I say to you at the end of all this investigating, How are you going to handle it? Do you feel you were victimized, like a crime or someone broke into your house? So there's a way to how I I have to tell you and also a way to when I take that case on, okay, so I'm taking this responsibility on to tell these people the truth and what I think from my experience and then how I can help them. So that's, to me, the heavy part of it. It's more tight, you know. You're not going to use a spirit box. You're not going to use this. You're not strip it down. I want an answer that we can quantify and then someone can look at it. Like Mm -hmm. I can bring to you and say, Rob, listen to this. And you would say, I can't explain that. You know, not where, gee, I heard that EVP, but I also heard the furnace go on. You know, it's got to be really tight and concrete at that point. And and that's the big thing, I think, with private investigations is because – it, one way or, any, or one way or another, whether it's paranormal or not paranormal, I want to bring people to a safe conclusion, and I don't want to mix it up by bringing in stuff that they see on TV necessarily. Some of it works, yeah. some of it doesn't. You know, I don't want. I want to bring something that I could try to measure something with. I don't want to bring a gadget in to entertain me.
0: So, why do you think the paranormal is so popular these days?
2: Um. I, I think it was a taboo pro, uh, topic for years. Um, I, I think up until Ghost Hunters came out, they, they sort of gave a feasible, like, we can use equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be a sensitive, a psychic. You can actually go look for ghosts. And I think what they really, and what their mission was, I believe anyway, what they said on TV, was to bring it out in the open. Now You know as well as I do. I, I, I'm 60 years old now. If you started talking that you saw ghosts in the 70s, early 80s, I mean, there was, you know, unsolved mysteries on uh, search, for whatever. But people really looked at you more like you probably had mental problems.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it
2: wasn't it wasn't a vogue thing then like it is now where it's more acceptable. I mean, there was always those people that did have paranormal experiences. But also there was a lot like, you know, I grew up in where, in Italian, you know, the, the family problems stay in the house. Yeah. You know, no, no neighbors can know anything. So if you had a ghost, believe me, my mother, if all ghost, she'd say, "Listen, you don't tell anybody about this, okay? You go out, you go to school, you come home, you don't tell your uncles, your aunts, nobody. No one needs to know this. They're going to think we're crazy." And and that was more or less the mentality, you know, of people. So I think that that's why it's more popular, and the fact that people feel you can physically measure it now with instruments and devices so it's no longer just you know i felt something and Mm. it was more of a rare thing that it is now
1: Could
0: it also be possible that anybody can do this that it doesn't cost a lot of money that it's a way of you know socializing it's like the old cb clubs of the 60s Mm. and 70s everybody put a cb in their car they pulled into the local diner parking lot Beside each other, want we'll to talk to each other on the CB, you know, like anybody could do it.
2: And the answer is yes. Um, then it comes down to how dedicated you are to it. It's like, you know, there's fishermen
1: mm-hmm. who
2: will go out and go fishing and get, catch a sunny. Then there's guys who are in bass tournaments. So, and it's, you know, like a musical instrument. You know, I, I play guitar and, and the biggest thing I'm still chasing is the hours you practice and how good you can get. How many scales do you want to play? You know, how much time you put into it. Mm-hmm. it, it it's the fruit of the labor. For you on your show, I'm sure it's the same thing. So that's what it comes. If you're getting into it because you watch Ghost Hunters and you say, let's get an IR camera and let's start a YouTube channel. Well, that's the level you're going to be on. You know, you want more viewers than anything else.
0: Yeah, but you so, see, you, but, you're talking about YouTube. And to me, YouTube is nothing else but a, a, but a receptacle, receptacle for
2: garbage. Like, there's so much crap uh, yeah, that's on why, there. That's, that, and that's more or less what I'm saying to you is that yeah. some groups that, 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 that do that, that's what they're in for. You know, if they watch Ghost Adventures or whatever. And I'm saying, saying, hey, look, it's entertainment, but that's, it, reality TV is not real. Of course so. not. And, and that's the first thing. So if you're going to base it, and it is part what you said. I mean, I go to some, you know, I've been to a few conventions and when my brother and I were together, we ran one. Mm-hmm. And it was like the cool kid lunchroom, you know, but for the geeks. Yeah. Like everybody had a black shirt on. Everybody's sitting in their own little areas. The really tough guys. Like why? Why do you go into a haunted house? Or if you think you go into a haunted house, why do you have to pay, take a picture of yourself where you're standing in a black t-shirt with your arms folded, like you're walking into a hijacking? You know, you're walking into a dark house. Plus, there's a, lot of
0: e- there's a lot of ego when it comes to these, these teams out there. Like, I'm sorry. They, yeah. You know, they, they, need, they need more mental help than the people that they're going to help.
2: You know, I, I don't want to bash any teams. I know a lot of good ones. I know a lot of good people in the paranormal. But, yeah, and that's, that's, that for me over the years has become the turnoff. Yeah. And that's why, like, if you go to our Facebook page, I'll post articles and stuff. But, you'll, like, this is the first podcast I've done in 10 years. Because I'm just like you know I don't need to be popular I don't need to be known I'm not looking for attention. Yeah, you, know, you see, I'm you ju- just hurt
0: you, you know like you just hit a, a a bone of contention with me. Number one, we're not a podcast. Okay. Like we're we're a real radio show. Like we go okay. on the air. We just don't put these little shows on the internet for people to listen to. And you know what? Okay. The, the YouTube channel is, is no different than these podcasts that are out there. Okay. It, it's amazing that anybody can find anything anymore. You know what I mean?
2: It's true. It is true. All right. Speaking, over- about,
0: speaking about finding things, I've got to find my next commercial break, which is coming okay. up in 53 seconds. Please stand by. And Exonation. if you'd like to know more about Barry, maybe you'd like to contact him. His website is www.all right, you ready for this, gang? New Jersey I'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Welcome back everyone. Uh, don't forget this is Halloween month and if you'd like to uh, find out more about the Exxon Radio TV show, visit us at TV.com and for all the programming we have available for you 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net Barry, uh, what, what, are, what are your thoughts about demons, about evil demonic spirits and such?
2: Um... So my thoughts are, I I think that it's just like a great white shark. You and I both know they exist, but they're very rare if you're ever going to run into one in the the water, unless you're in South Africa somewhere. Uh, I think TV and Hollywood have made a bigger deal of it. Uh, Fortunately, I see a lot of people calling that say they think they have demons. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, demonology, to to me anyway, the way I was raised, is a, a Catholic belief to be a demonologist. Roman Catholic belief. I mean, I know the Jewish have the same thing. They 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 have their demons, but it's a religious thing, you know. I, I you know there could be bad people. Jeffrey Dahmer was a bad person. Was he a demon? Could be,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but you know, just could be a bad person. So we go into that whole realm now. Dave Giuliano and John Zappas and those are demonologists. That's what they do. That's their belief mechanism. If but for me. I've had heavy cases to where I had one or two, to be honest with you. And, you know, it was, it was different. It felt different. It felt more intense, um, a little bit more powerful. Things did move. Um, so that was different. You felt the heaviness and you felt it was a very dark type thing. Uh, but demons, I, I, I Believe there's, I believe in God, so I believe in the devil, so I believe that there could be demons. I just don't believe that people experience them the way that we think they do. You know, I think it was more of a religious tool at one time, and I think Hollywood has done a real good job with it. If you want that though, and you, if I say there's something here that I I can't explain and it's really heavy, I'm going to call John Zappa, so I'm going to call Dave Giuliano to handle that or ask you to get you know, a priest or whoever you want in, and they'll see if they want to do an exorcism. At that point, I would turn the case over. But for me personally, I, I've never went into demonic per, per se. I've just had a couple of heavy cases that didn't feel right.
0: So how, 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 how relevant is a person's own personal belief, and how does their theological, philosophical views you know, Im- impact the paranormal experience that they might think they're having?
2: Um, I think in a lot of cases, it goes. I, if I had to put a percentage, I would say probably 80% because people will say demon,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, which, uh, um, and it's that whole, we're all brought up on, you know, good versus evil, God and the devil. And like, I, I jokingly say, sometimes I said, no, and I'm sure it's happened maybe once to you, Rob, where, you know whatever happened to Casper? I mean, every 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 call now, it's you know it's it, I think it's dark. You know it used to be family members or a haunting, and it's so rare now that people just automatically go to it it's, it's 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 something dark. And well, what would bring us to that? Well, if it's not God coming to you, then it has to be the devil, you know, or his demons. Well, so uh, the way I
0: look at it is that. The way I look at it is that religion is a way of controlling people.
2: And I agree with that. Yeah. And I agree so, with that.
0: So I don't believe in demons. I don't believe okay. in the devil. You know, I, I, I'm the kind of guy who needs to see something in order to believe it. I'm a former cop, a former criminal investigator.
2: Okay. So, so would you consider yourself an atheist? Or, do you, or would you if you consider yourself, you believe in God, but that's about it?
0: I'm a realist. Okay. You know, which, I,
2: which, to me, would put you in
0: the atheist college. Oh, no, it's no, 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 no. I'm not an atheist. I'm a realist.
1: Okay.
0: You know, so, to me, when people say, whether it's ghosts, whether it's Bigfoot, whether it's uh, UFOs, aliens, whatever,
1: mm.
0: prove it. I don't what? want theories. I don't want speculation. I don't want hypothesis. I want proof. If you say they're real, I want proof. It's just like when you're in police work, you're doing an investigation. You follow the, the trail. You gather the evidence, which is proof, in order to make your case. If you cannot find evidence, you have no case. So when it comes to all the aspects of the paranormal, and I've been doing this show for 31 years now, nothing has changed. Absolutely Nothing. And people say, well, Rob, why do you do the show? I want to believe. I believe that okay. one day somebody's going to come on this show. My producers are going to find that person who has the answers, who has the proof, but no one else will listen to them. That's why I do this show. Um, whether it's John Zaffis, who I I have my own opinion of, these demonologists, I think they're nothing but con artists and carnies.
1: Mm-hmm
0: people who claim to have been abducted by aliens, people who claim to have seen UFOs that are three miles wide, four miles high, who all of a sudden left the ghost hunting experiences and tours and investigations that used to do because that kind of dried up. Now they're doing UFOs. You know, it's, it's, it seems that the, the, the paranormal is a place where people go where they have nowhere else to go. And I'm not talking about you here. I think that you've got a lot of interesting theories there. And you've done a lot of homework. You take it seriously. But there are so many people out there who who have soiled the, the paranormal world for a lot of good people who have great intentions and who want to make a difference. That now I think the realm of the paranormal, including the so-called television shows that are anything but real... Mm-hmm are putting the paranormal back where it was 30, 40 years ago. The ratings on these paranormal shows are dropping. UFO sightings are dropping. Paranormal experiences are only found and only kept alive when it comes to the Waverly uh, Institute or the the Gettysburg, where a lot of people go because... This is where you go. But when it comes to anything fresh, anything new, anything exciting, I'm looking. I'm looking. I do the show five nights a week, four interviews now, uh, four interviews a night. I'm looking, and still I can honestly say, nothing's changed.
2: Okay. I, I mean that's your. I, I understand where you're coming from on that. Yep. But then at the same time, just like you said, I, I, was, I'm, I, follow, I, follow, I was a police officer, I was a detective, I followed the evidence. Well, mm-hmm. the same logic would be applied to, you followed evidence sometimes, in a, not saying you personally, but it would lead to the conclusion that someone was guilty, and then the technology came or DNA showed, no, that person was never there. That's but right. at that time, that evidence was believed to be
0: truth. But at the time, if, you, if the evidence is conclusive whether the DNA comes out later or not, that person will still be guilty.
2: Right, but if the person was never guilty, and the evidence came to conclude that he was, uh, No, no, no. You,
0: when, you, when you're doing a police investigation, mm-hmm. the evidence has to be secure in order to get a conviction.
1: Right. You just don't charge,
0: like, you, you just don't charge somebody because... Oh,
2: I, I'm not saying you do, but I'm yeah. saying that in cases that people were put in prison by the evidence Mm -hmm. that you detectives got prosecutors looked at Mm -hmm. and said, yes. And they argued their case in front of a jury. Mm -hmm. And then you find out 10 years later, well, DNA turned out that wasn't the guy, but at that time with the system that you had in place, that evidence was concrete.
0: Okay. So how can we relate that to the paranormal investigating the paranormal?
2: I'm just, it's a perspective of, you know, what you're saying is, well, you know, I, I'm looking for this, but there's no proof. Yeah. But but, but also, you, where, where's the proof that it doesn't it doesn't exist? Well, right? that's that's
0: that a very poor argument. It's just like saying if
2: it's not if, a poor argument. Well, sure it is. But it's just it's that,
0: just like saying you know if if you're not in the if you're not in the forest and a tree falls, does it still make a sound? Right? Does it? I don't know. I have never had that. I don't
2: know either. Yeah. I'm not there.
0: But the law of physics and the laws that apply to gravity and science say, yes, that tree will make a sound when it falls. But how can we say that with the paranormal?
2: Well, again, I, I'll go back to I have personal yeah. experiences. Now, whether you believe I'm a lonely guy and, and that I want to experience. No, no, I'm not saying that at reason. all.
0: If you have an experience and if you believe it happened, then to you, no matter what anybody says, that experience is real. Right. What I'm saying is that I haven't had a paranormal experience. I haven't had a brush with Desk. I have not had a near-death experience. I have not seen a UFO. I have mm-hmm. not seen Bigfoot. I want, right. to, I want to believe, but in order for me to believe anything, I need proof.
2: Okay. I, I can understand. Yeah. And I respect that. But I would also say, then, why have nothing against you again? Why have a show to where you're bringing on people that believe that just to discredit them?
0: I'm not discrediting them. What I'm doing okay. is saying, prove it to me. Prove, you say you're a paranormal investigator. Prove to me that the paranormal is real. You're making the claim of the paranormal. I'm not. I'm saying, I want to believe. You know,
2: but, convince But you me. also don't start the premise with that. You don't say, look... I'm, you're coming on, I want to believe, prove it to me. Because on a radio show, you can't do that. You can't sit there and say, okay, here's a bunch of audio files. Here's some video clips that I have. Here's a case I'm studying. Here's reports from some police departments that said they thought someone broke in and no one was there. So just to have someone on say, tell me a little bit about yourself and let's have a discussion about the paranormal. Yeah. And then say, well, I don't believe you don't have any proof. Oh, well, no, wait yeah, a second. There, there's, nothing,
0: there's nothing wrong with that. This is what, hey, there's no difference. That, what, what I have done is I have brought a guest on who sends mm-hmm. me the information. Okay? Yep. You presented your hypothesis, and all I want is proof. What is wrong with that? Convince me. What is wrong with that?
2: I, because it wasn't presented that way to begin with. That it's one is a, an interview, and the other one is show me.
0: Well, this is an interview. You,
2: know, you, could, you, could, you, you could tell me, like as a police detective, I, I think this is the case, and mm-hmm. I say, okay, then show me. But yeah. if I'm just talking to you on an interview, it's not the same. I'm not asking. you Bring your evidence. I want to see the case file So basically, basically,
0: what? So basically, if 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 live. Well, first of all, the the hour is up. But basically, what you're saying is is that. You believe in what you believe, but you do not have the ability to convince me of what you believe is real.
2: Other, other than because you're, you're, your way is, well, nothing, it's not, no one's shown me anything. All truth. right, thanks very much so, for being but,
0: with us tonight. I want to, geez, you and, know, here we go. Another guy who's all talk, no action, comes up with these crazy ideas, and because I challenge him, he gets pissed off. Well, if that's the way it's going to be, don't call yourself a paranormal investigator because investigators go after facts. They go after evidence. They don't go after ghosts, goblins with these little tiny machines that they think are actually telling them what they want to know. I don't know. That's my opinion. I'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
1: But I wish someone had a talk